Welcome to Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tarmody, where it's all about health optimization, anti-aging, longevity, and being the very best you can be. Brought to you by lisatarmody.com. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This week, I have Perry Eckert, and Perry is the uh, master franchisee and, and CEO uh, of Osteo Strong, which is a system to help you make your bones stronger. So today's episode is all around osteoporosis, osteopenia, sarcopenia, um, what you can do to prevent it, why it's important that you consider um, doing something to make your bones strong, uh, the risks that are associated with having uh, osteoporosis or um, having a lack of bone density as you get older, uh, and their system and the way that they use their machines to uh, increase bone density, which is really, really fascinating. Um, it's, it, he also gives us a lot of background information on the science behind bone density and why you need to be, you know, what you need to do from a nutritional and supplementation point of view, as well as the training point of view. So really an interesting uh, podcast today with Perry. Uh, before we head over to the show, I've got some exciting news. Um, I've just released a book called Thriving on the Edge, which which is uh, an interview series with some of the world's top athletes, so elite athletes, uh, ultra-endurance athletes, of course, are in there, quite a number of them, people like Dinkin Asses, but also people like Sir John Kerwin uh, from the rugby scene, uh, Conrad Smith from the rugby, uh, we've got Ray Sahab, we've got um, also a number of people who have had disabilities and done extreme sports anyway, so um, make sure that you check it out. It's called Thriving on the Edge, and it's all about the mindset of a winner a mindset of of athletes what we can learn from extreme athletes and i hope you enjoy that that's over in my shop if you go to shop.lisatarmody.com hit the uh, books lisa's books so you'll see all my books there running hot running to extremes uh relentless and uh what your oncologist uh, isn't telling you and then the latest one thriving on the edge so make sure you check all of those out i've also just launched a new company called avum labs and you'll be hearing more about this in the coming months um, I've teamed up some top people, so um, stay tuned. It's a longevity and anti-aging supplement range that we're going to be launching in the next uh, few months, so it's going to take us a little bit of time to get organized. You'll still see all the other great supplements that I have in my existing shop over on lisatarmody.com, but we're going to be doing some specific uh, longevity and anti-aging supplements, so stay tuned for that as well. Uh, really, really exciting stuff going on here. So without further ado, now over to the show with Perry Eckert. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome back to Pushing the Limits. Today, I have Perry Eckert with me. Perry, welcome to the show. Fantastic to have you here. Hello, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing better than you, probably, because it's 6 a.m. where you are, and you had to get up early, so I've cut your sleep short. Apologies for that. <laughs> um, um, Perry, we're, we're here today to talk about bones, <laughs> something that's very, very important, Um can you give us a little bit of a background before we get into Osteo Strong and, and uh, what that's all about? Um, can you give us a little bit of a background about yourself and, you know, where, where you come from? So then introduce the listeners to you. Sure. Uh, my name is Perry Eckert and I'm the master franchisee for Osteo Strong in Australia and New Zealand. We've been here for nearly coming up four years during the lovely COVID. Uh, which has obviously had a big impact on most people's lives and the health and wellness business in total. So my background is health and wellness. I've had a lifelong interest in in biohacking, um, extending my lifespan as well as my health span. I'm an avid biohacker, if you understand <laughs> that term. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've probably spent the best part of my life exercising in some form or another. I'm not medically qualified, but obviously that does not affect what we do because we are an exercise program in the truest sense. OsteoStrong is physical medicine. It's built around um, Wolf's Law, which is from the 1890s. It's one of the only medical laws still taught to doctors today, um, based around the concept that bones adapt to the forces we apply to them repeatedly. My 
Other background is in manufacturing. I have a global manufacturing business. We do supply into New Zealand. We don't have any Osteostrongs in New Zealand, unfortunately, yet. Not yet. Hopefully uh, after we this. we have eight, eight in Australia <laughs> and more well, than 175 worldwide. Wow. It's pretty it's pretty amazing. So so Julius the the law that you, you mentioned there. So bones when they're put under stress, because you know, I've got a background as an ultra marathon runner, and people are constantly asking you, well, aren't your bones in trouble? You know, you've run all those distances and um have aren't your knees worn out and um no <laughs> after seventy thousand kilometers or so. No, uh because you know, I, I, I'm a true believer that the more you use something, the body responds and adapts to it. And we need to put our bodies under load, not overloading, but we need to load them in order to keep them strong. Is that sort of a principle that goes behind this 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 law? Or is that what, what it's all about? The, the, the short answer is no. The, the long answer is yes. Obviously, we do adapt to both muscles and bone forces. It's important, though, that there are dose requirements. Mm. So running, jumping, skipping, hopping, many of the exercises that the average person would be involved in, and if you go to a doctor with a bone issue, the doctor will advise you to do, apply loads to bones, which from a functional perspective, if you're running, jumping, hopping, skipping, load those bones appropriately. And you're able to continue doing those activities as you age. If you stop doing them, they become deconditioned. If you continue doing them, they stay conditioned. Uh, What has become deconditioned can become reconditioned. So people can not run and start running. Uh, And likewise, they can be a runner that stops running and ends up on the couch. The question you're asking, though, is does that sort of exercise improve your bone density? The short answer is no. You need a minimum impact to grow bones strong. So perhaps if we get into, uh, you know, why why it's important to have good bone health, Mm. obviously as you age, um, you get weaker bones. So we reach peak bone density at about age 30. Mm -hmm. And from age 30, you start to lose 1% to 2% of your bone mass per year. Men lose less than women. Mm -hmm. It's a hormonal condition. Uh, Certainly during menopause, women lose between 2-3% and 6% per year. Wow. So by the time you're age 60, uh, we were all meant to be obviously dinosaur poo by then. And (laughs) physiologically, bones haven't changed from those early days. we can have a skeleton that's between 30 and 60% less in mass. And for women in particular, that means they're in a high fracture risk. Mm. For men, less so, but men go through uh, menopause or andropause in their 70s due to uh, reduced testosterone. And they go through the same process where they'll lose um, some bone density there. The upshot Of that component is bone density. The second part of the equation is obviously loss of muscle mass. So as we do less, as we age, um, we have two things that happen. Firstly, your central nervous system can't hold as much signaling for bone density. So we also reduce our muscle mass. So the skeleton determines how much muscle mass we can hold. The less muscle we have, the less skeletal mass and vice versa. So an aging person typically gets what we call sarcopenia, which is a loss of muscle mass, but they also get dynopenia, which is a loss of muscle strength. Mm -hmm. So a combination between all of those things um, is a loss of muscle mass and leading to bone mass and vice versa. Um, We can get a combination of of what we call osteoporosis or osteopenia. Osteopenia is low bone density. Osteoporosis is a a lot of bone has been lost, um, and there's a score system which doctors use to evaluate that. And if you've got osteoporosis, you're a high fracture risk. Osteopenia is is heading in that direction and warning signals. Um, So you can be osteopenia, osteosarcopenia, 
um, a combination of the two, osteosarcodynopenia, new, new terms which, which refer to the ageing process in general. So what, it's a natural process. Um, it isn't necessarily a disease. It's just a condition of ageing. Some people do, though, have physiological reasons why they lose a lot of bone density either early or mm -hmm. later in life, and they're at higher risk than the average person. Uh, but it's it's something that affects most people in their life, either either directly or indirectly. Uh, one in three women, one in five men by the time they're 60 years old. Yeah. Um, one of my teachers and mentors is a um, orthopaedic surgeon and longevity and regeneration specialist, and she says that Something, I've forgotten the exact uh, stats, but if you break your hips or your pelvis after the age of 65, I think it was, you know, you've got a one in two chance of dying within the next year. And people forget that this is one of the major killers is is having a lack of bone density. Like it's, 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 it's you know, we all, we all know about heart disease and, you know, cancers and all of these risk factors, but that actually if you break your, your hips or your pelvis and, and that, that's a pretty much a death sentence right there. And that happens very quickly. And that hormones play a, a, a huge role. It's, it's one of the, you know, I've, I've talked on a number of podcasts about, you know, hormone replacement, bioidentical hormone replacement under the guidance of someone who knows what the heck they're doing uh, can be valuable for for um, supporting bone density and and um, as, as a piece of that, you know, puzzle, so to speak. But, you know, what about the argument that people, you know, give to me like, well, even in general, when I'm talking about supplementation or something, they're like, well, do I need supplements? Um because my I eat a healthy diet. That's always relative <laughs> term anyway. And then are supplements enough? Or is that still not enough? Like your calcium, your vitamin D, you know, calcium's got pluses and minuses, vitamin D, you know, all of those sorts of things. Are they an important piece of this bone density puzzle? Um or not not so it's not enough. So I say to people, if you sit on the couch and you drink a protein supplement, will you get stronger muscles? And the no. answer to that is obviously no. So if you eat a healthy diet, you take vitamin D, you're getting sunlight, you take a calcium supplement um, and you walk around the block occasionally, which is what the doctor tells you, will you get stronger bones? The answer is a clear no. Mm. So our body, our central nervous system needs the adequate dose required to trigger what we call osteogenesis, which is the bone growth. So our bones have two specialized cells, osteoblasts and osteoclasts. Up to age 30, osteoblasts um, are the cells that eat away old brittle bone and osteoclasts are the new cells that come along and deposit uh, new healthy bone. This bone remodeling process is constant and continual during your life. And mm -hmm. normally the balance is that osteoclasts are above osteoblasts, but due to hormonal changes, as we age after 30, it swaps around. So we see a net loss of bone mass. Having all of the nutritional requirements is one tick. Um, I would question that most people don't have adequate nutrition mm. and there's a big list of things that, that people need uh, to keep healthy bones. So bone isn't calcium, it's 35% mm. collagen. Mm. And the collagen is there, it's a protein, it's one of the amino acids, it's there to keep your bones flexible and to be able to walk, run and jump. It's a functional part of bone uh, architecture. Vitamin D is one of the minerals. It's the main mineral in the balance of the 65%. Mm -hmm. And we use the calcium from the bone in blood as part of our normal metabolism. And it's something that's very important that we have adequate vitamin D. But today's diet, most people get, sorry, calcium. Most people get enough calcium in their diet. Yeah, but there we are, don't need there to are, supplement generally. No. Uh, the other, the other vitamins and minerals. So, vitamin K two is like yeah. the traffic cop that tells you where, tells the calcium where to go. Exactly. If you're not getting calcium, uh, vitamin K two, then you'll get, and and you take supplements of calcium, you're likely to get kidney stones or blocked arteries. There are ups a, and downsides. That's a really important point. I want to pause there and just reinforce that. You know, like. 
never give any of my clients a vitamin D3 supplement without a K2 MK7 uh, mm-hmm. attached to it because and, and generally don't supplement with calcium unless there's some particular reason to because, as you say, we, we do generally get enough calcium in, in, you know, in, in our diet. And if you take it wrong and if you, yeah, the traffic cop needs to be there to put it into the bones and the teeth and the places where you want it and not into the, you know, uh, arteries or, or where you don't want it or kidney stones, as you said. And this is just, a, I just wanted to pause on that point and, and, you know, sorry to interrupt, but just to double down on that one because it's a, it's a crucial point, you know. So, so if, if you're getting enough calcium, uh, you need the vitamin D, obviously, because it aids the absorption of calcium in the gut. But then you've got magnesium, manganese, zinc, boron, copper, iron. There's a number of other vitamins and minerals that are in trace, very important to bone metabolism and the processes that we go through. So it's not just one thing, but the, the other important component is protein. It's it's overlooked in many diets, um, certainly vegetarian, vegan diets, it's more difficult to get mm. adequate protein. And we know today that uh, the minimum dosage, which is 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight, is probably not sufficient for bone and no. muscle growth. Yeah, so the the number is hotly debated, but it's somewhere between 1.2 and 1.5 grams. And certainly if you're an athlete or someone who is performing muscle exercises, then the higher limit of, of something like 1.5 is, is necessary. Second component to that is are you getting digestible amino acids or protein? Yeah. And we look at, when I look at that personally, obviously uh, meat is the best source. There are complete proteins in vegetables, but they're not always bioavailable. Um, and, and I quote to people the example that they currently use, which is the IDAAS score, which is the indispensable, dispensable amino acid score. Mm-hmm. It's in, indigestible, mm-hmm. dispensable amino acid score. IDAAS in in short is the protein quality score. If you compare a small steak, beef steak, to three large peanut butter sandwiches that are half an inch thick in peanut butter, then from an amino acid score, from the digestibility of that uh, amino acid, they're they're equivalent, but the calories are very different. Yeah. So this is one of the problems, yeah. If you're okay. getting sufficient amino acids through a vegan vegetarian diet, it's something to be mindful of is the is the calorie load and and you know one of the other aspects of bone density is BMI. Obviously the body mass is something that comes into consideration both high and low. So mm-hmm. obviously we see a lot of very thin women who look trim and terrific in middle age. They might do Pilates. They might do some other form of yoga, uh, but they are typically score only fifty percent in functional strength testing. Mm-hmm. So they're not getting enough heavy weight lifting to develop fast twitch muscles. They've got strong core. They've got great balance. They've got all the benefits that Pilates and yoga add, but they're not getting heavy weight lifting. They're not stimulating bone growth and they're not particularly strong. So their risk in older age of developing osteoporosis and then falling and fracturing. So when you when you look at balance, it's a it's a critical component of fall and fracture risk. Yep. Balance is is a number of components. It's the proprioception as to where you are in time and space. It's the muscle strength to be able to. Uh, recover if you stumble it's also the reflex speed to be able to get your foot out quick enough mm-hmm. so a combination of of fast twitch muscles adequate muscle strength and good balance combined um, perhaps pilates and yoga are not enough for that yeah. they're, they're, they're 
be great exercises. I encourage people to do yeah. uh, cross training in a, in a range of things. And OsteoStrong, which we'll get to in a minute, is just one of the components of, of functional health. And it's not something that you can replace easily and safely. So the heavy weightlifting component of what we do is the safety aspect. So being able to lift heavy weights safely as you're older, and particularly if you've got low bone density, is a real challenge for most people. Yeah, and and you know, like I'm, I, I do genetics and in, in my practice, and um, there's a genetic component as well. You know, you can have mm. people who have more muscle and bone mass from the get go. So, uh, for example, my mum is one of those people, and we've been, you know, people who listen to my show know that I share a lot of stories from her journeys because there's so much learnings in them, and she had a, you know, aneurysm, stroke, and cancer, and was meant to die a hundred times and still not. Um, but we have to do weight training. We have to do balance training. We have to do all of these aspects. And she's still at massively high risk of, of falls because of her balance from the the uh, brain damage. Uh, and and that's a that's of massive concern to me. You know, so I do whatever I can on the balance, and then we do a lot of weight training. And and I'm a big proponent of of women, especially over the age of 40, really getting into their weight training. And we'll get into osteo strong in a minute and specific types of 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 what you do. Um, it, but to me, it, it's more important. I'd say from the age of 40 onwards, um, that you're you've got a a big component of your training cross training regime is lifting heavy stuff. You know, in some way, shape, or form, because you, if you if you're just doing cardio, and I see a lot of women doing this, and God knows I did it for decades, you know, um, where I just ran and ran and ran and ran, and uh, it doesn't cover all the bases. You need to be thinking more of in a holistic sort of a point of view with your Pilates, your yoga, your your balance training, your your, your reaction training, your um, speed, your all of these things, which is really difficult to do, and we need to, but we don't need five hours, you know, running on a treadmill every, you know, every week or running outside. We don't actually need that much of the cardio. Dialing that a little bit back, unless you've got a specific, you know, training goal for a marathon or something, go for it. But don't neglect, is what I'm saying, this other side of the equation. And this is where like Osteo Strong, when I heard about it through my colleague, Dr. Elizabeth Harris, you know, and she was like, oh, you'll be into this. This is this is fabulous. So let's dive into a little bit about what OsteoStrong is specifically and um, why, how, how and why did this come about sort of thing. Don Jaquish was the inventor of OsteoStrong in America, and his mother had a bone T-score, which is the comparison of your score compared to a healthy 30 year old she had a, a t-score of minus three mm-hmm. which was in the osteoporosis range and he was doing his medical course in science and he decided to look at the reasons for why people develop osteoporosis and whether there was a cure in some physical medicine so he developed a piece of equipment that emulated high impact he looked at gymnasts and found that they had the highest bone density and Mm. so when a gymnast spins through the air and lands on the ground they're absorbing up to 10 times their body weight wow and that impact he discovered triggered osteogenesis or new healthy bone growth so he set about to build a piece of machine or equipment that puts you in your strongest biomechanical position so if Mm. i use my arms an example when I, when I bend my arms at 120 degrees mm-hmm. and I'm in that position where I would absorb a fall, I'm 10 times stronger there than through the full range of motion. I'm quite weak back here and I'm quite weak out here, but oh. here I'm 10 times stronger. Mm. So he looked at the upper body machine and there's a lower body machine, one for your spine and one for your core, rib cage, and built these four robotic machines that adjust to your specific body size shape Mm. so you sit stand uh, on these machines you're in your strongest biomechanical position and you apply a self-applied load 
So nothing moves on the machine. You hold the handles and you push, pull, lift. Uh, the core machine is is like a, like a chest core press, but it's quite different. So they're not isometric exercises, but they are a one exercise maximum. So you hold a position, you apply your load to your maximum comfortable level, and then you relax. It's a one-on-one -on -one machine in that you do one exercise on each machine and you're fully supervised one-on-one -on -one with a coach. Right. So we make sure you're in the correct body position and that the load you apply is quite safe, that you don't lock your elbows or get into a, a dangerous situation. And that reduces a huge amount of the risk. So obviously older people can't do a triple front somersault mm. and land on the ground. They can't <laughs> stand a on a table and jump off. So being able to apply the sort of load that they do, uh, and I'll give you some examples. Uh, most people in a leg press type machine can press women, older women, 60, 80, maybe 100 kilograms if they're lucky. Men can get up to perhaps 200 kilograms safely. Uh, on our equipment, we start with a, a what we call a, um, a slow start program where older people are generally just put on the machine and, and asked to, to press until they're comfortable or lift until they're comfortable. And over a period of literally months, we build up their their grip strength, their forearm strength, the muscles that connect because uh, it, it compresses not just bones but muscles and tendons, ligaments, fascia, etc. And so to prevent that person from being or feeling uncomfortable or in pain or soreness, um, remembering that in a gym, young people, um, no pain, no gain. They, <laughs> they crawl out of the gym and they think that's great. An older person goes into a centre and anything hurts, they automatically think that's an injury. It's mm. not. It could mm. be a muscle compression. It can be activating a muscle that hasn't been switched on for 20, 30 years. Obviously, it's going to complain and they'll have an ache or a pain and they'll go to the doctor and the doctor will say, if it hurts, don't do it. <laughs> um, in our centres, the slow start program prevents that from happening in the first place. So we keep people highly safe and connected to their bodies mm -hmm. and we slowly work up to a level where they are able to apply a force. So this isn't lifting a weight or moving a weight through time and motion. It's able to apply a force far in excess of what they can do in normal weightlifting. So, wow. for example, on the leg press machine, I'm now able to exert a force of over a tonne. Wow. Yet in the gym, <laughs> I can only leg press at several hundred kilograms. Wow. Now, going back to Wolf's Law, if bones adapt to the forces we apply to them and I'm leg pressing 200 kilograms, my bones adapt to that level of force. But if I go to an osteostrong centre and I'm able to exert 1,000 kilograms, then I can obviously adapt to that level of weight and it's a significant increase. So we'll take one step back and look at why certain exercises don't trigger osteogenesis and why some do. So there was a study uh, in 2012 by Deere and others in the UK that looked at uh, running, jumping, the exercises that kids do up to up to age 18, and they determined that a force of 4.2 multiples of body weight mm -hmm. was necessary to trigger bone growth, healthy bone growth. Mm -hmm. Forces under 4.2 did not trigger bone growth. Wow. We come forward, there was a study in 2015 that looked at high-impact aerobics for women, pre-menopause, 3.9 multiples of body weight, which is the maximum you can do in a high-impact aerobic class, Pre-menopause, women had a reduced rate of loss of bone but didn't gain bone. Mm -hmm. Post-menopause, 3.9 had no effect. So we knew that from the Deer study, 4.2 multiples of body weight, which means if you're a typical, if, if, for example, you weigh 50 kilograms, you've got to be pushing over 200 kilograms to get a response to bone in the hip and femur. Wow. Now, that's a... That's a significant load. <laughs> amount of load. Yeah. Walking, running, jumping, do not get to that load. Swimming mm. and cycling, in fact, deload bones. So you mm. get mature age cyclists, ballerinas, uh, very lightweight women who don't exert weights. 
they're never getting near those limits limits with any exercise they do. Uh, certainly yoga, Pilates, uh, Kaiser, most gym exercises, even lifting weights, don't get to 4.2 multiples for hip and femur, which wow. is why when you go to a doctor and the doctor says, you know, ensure you have good nutrition, make sure you eat the, the right, take the right supplements, um, and of course, the the exercise, do that, whatever that may be, um, yeah. he, or, or take <laughs> no a drug. Specific. And he knows the dosage for drugs. He knows the dosage for, for supplements. He knows the dosage for food. But I'm giving you the finger, but that's what happens with, with osteoporosis. Yeah. You, you might as well just drink water because typically doctors don't cure osteoporosis. They may reduce the rate of loss. They may address some of the deficiencies in your diet. And if they do extensive blood tests and look at P1NP uh, and other components of blood that indicate either bone breakdown or bone deposition, mm -hmm. then they may be able to direct you in the right in the right area. But most doctors don't do the blood tests, so they don't necessarily know what the 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 pharmaceuticals that you're on are doing. There's certainly it's the they have a toolkit. Obviously, doctors have a toolkit, and and that's what they work with, and they know what they're doing. But but from a dosage perspective, in exercise, they don't, and yeah. that's where OsteoStrong steps in. We know that there are not only a minimum load dose, but in the case of the legs, there's a, a rapid growth trigger, which is seven point six multiples of your body weight. Okay. So if you can trigger that, we know that from our studies, uh, you'll get a significant improvement in bone density, provided the physiological aspects of your health otherwise are okay. Because there's many things that can prevent you from mm. uh, building strong bones. There are many drugs that you take. Uh, th there are things that people do Session, that, that yeah, they're that. not aware of. You know, they may have, uh, they, ha they have something like um, antacid tablets, which oh, can be Mylanta, which is aluminium yeah. containing, or Nexium, which is a protein pump inhibitor. Yep. They prevent you from um, growing strong bones. You can be on antidepressants, immunosuppressants, androgen deprivation drugs, uh, glutocorticoids, uh, which are steroids for inflammation or some form of allergy. Those drugs all interfere with the bone pathways. Yep. yep. Um, and then... You know, early early menopause, um, low testosterone. Yeah. Uh, there's a series of series of things. Diabetes, um, cancer drugs, all interfere with bones. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then then there's the nutrition component. They're not getting enough protein. They're not getting enough collagen. They're not getting K2. So the calcium's going to the wrong place. They're not getting sunlight, which is why in the northern climates, northern hemisphere. Uh, Nordic countries, a lot of them have extremely low bone density. They're right. Wow. Mm. Just interrupting the show to let you know about our patron community here and the podcast at Pushing the Limits. We've been going for eight years and we really need your support to keep the show on air and free to everybody so that everyone gets this fantastic information from all these great doctors, scientists, athletes, business people from all around the world. So we would love you to come and join us. You get a lot of exclusive member benefits when you do, but really it's about supporting the show and keeping it on air. And for a coffee or two a month, that would be fantastic if you you can come and join us. You can go to patron.lisatamati.com. That's patron.lisatamati.com and check it all out. I mean, there's a lot of, there's just a couple of comments on that. One of my pet um, mm -hmm. problems is, you know, like uh, proton pump inhibitors, you know, mm -hmm. like um, th they do so much damage and they're giving out mm -hmm. like candy uh, as if they're really benign drugs which they're not they should mm. be only ever used for short-term use um and they 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 cause protein synthesis problems and mineral density problems and you know uh, nitric oxide uh problems and therefore cardiovascular problems and there's there's just so many reasons to get off um you know proton pump inhibitors or antacids um so that's you know one of the the, the pet things that i'm try to get people to understand because most people just think they're benign uh, they're not. Um, and then, yeah, steroids are often used for so, so many things. And then I, I see a lot of cancer clients and 
Um, of course, they're on some heavy duty stuff that really interferes and often on steroids as, as well. And that can have massive impacts on the on the bone density. Or if you've had, you know, breast cancer or prostate cancer and they've wiped out all your hormones, um, that of course is a massive problem that ages you quicker. Or women who have gone through hysterectomies early and or gone through early menopause, you know, these are um you know, um all reasons for, for that process to speed up. Um, and one of the reasons why, you know, like try not to have those things. I mean, sometimes you, you've got to, um, but I do think we often take out yeah, hysterectomies too quickly. Um, I know I've got, you know, in my own life, they they told me I needed to have a hysterectomy or die because I had fibroids and I was bleeding to death. Um, I didn't die and I didn't have a hysterectomy. Uh, and one of the reasons I didn't want a hysterectomy is because I didn't want to age faster. I didn't want my bone density to go down. I didn't want to go, you know, drop all my hormones off a cliff. Um, so yeah, there's there's there there is so many pieces to this puzzle as with everything in the body. Yeah. And look, we haven't we haven't touched on malabsorption syndromes. So this is something mm. that most people don't understand the link between obviously some sort of ir- irritable bowel or mm. SIBO or yep. candida, fructose intolerance, lactose intolerance, mm. uh, celiacs, anyone that's got a problem with a gut, they have to understand that that's affecting the gut lining, which is affecting the absorption of vitamins, minerals and amino acids. And Huge. that doesn't include a whole range of parasites that you know people have, uh, hookworm, threadworm, various other infestations, um, infections. Similarly, so everyone everyone I know just about has some form of, of digestion problem at some point, point in their life. I think someone said the other day that half of all Americans have candida. Mm. Uh, all of those aspects to bowel health affect muscle and bone health in some way. And some of these problems are systemic, long, long lasting, and they'll have a devastating effect on, on bone density in time. So in our in our osteostrong centers, we obviously don't do medical screening in those areas, but we do analyze the results of the people coming through our centers quarterly. So every person that comes through, we have an expected improvement in both muscle strength, excuse me, muscle strength, balance and bone density. And we test for those regularly. So we see typically of a healthy person that's getting the correct nutrition, we see a 14.9% improvement in bone density uh, in the hip and femur and a 16.6% improvement in, in spine over a period of six to seven months. We also see a 290% improvement in muscle strength over three years with an average 65-year-old. We see a 77% improvement in balance in as little as five sessions. So with this this standard improvements, if someone comes to an osteostrong centre and after six months or a year, they get no improvement, we know there's something physiologically wrong with them and we then start a different investigation. They're coming to our centres, obviously, to get bone density improvement, but we're, we we see our members reducing joint and back pain, improving walking gait, improving their posture. They're obviously able to stand taller, straighter. The effect of not improving their bone density is a red flag to us because mm. it, it tells us to investigate further. Mm. Normally, it's um, something to do with the thyroid, mm-hmm. so there's a hormone imbalance. That's the most typical, but it can be nutrition. It can be other areas of their of their medications or or contraindications between medications. So that investigation then identifies usually a medical issue that is also serious and can be rectified. And then once that's rectified, they can continue their bone strength journey with us. But in the meantime, they've got better balance and we've reduced their fall and fracture risk. And you've identified something else that needs to be looked yeah. at. Yeah, because this is always a multiple components. And this is the, the thing I think with everything in functional medicine and functional health uh, it, it, it is looking at, you know, we've got to we've got to look at the whole big picture because the body is extremely complex. And when we go and throw in anything from a supplement to an exercise to a drug, we're we're pulling a hundred different things at the same time and all these genes are turning on and off and we don't 
not as much as a lot of people seem to want to think that they know everything. None of us do. And um, we're actually pulling levers and things that we don't always understand 100% of the time. So we've got to do the best with with the knowledge that we have at the moment and and um, try and come up with a, a good holistic sort of a program and, and mm. Osteo Strong seems like a, a really good piece of the puzzle. I wish there was one in my hometown. I'd get mum in there immediately, not to mention mm. myself, <laughs> um, because I think um, any anyone over the age of, of 60 at least needs to be, I mean, earlier really, but um, really needs to pay attention to this because it is, it is a major, major killer. It's a killer. It's mm. not just a, oh, Oh, I've got a bit of osteoporosis. It doesn't really mean anything, you know. Like this is this is something serious. And I've seen women in their forties and things that have got osteoporosis already, um, and very you know light, delicate ladies, often especially you know that just really need to look at this even earlier than than other people. Um, so you've got how many centres in Australia do you have? Uh, we have Mary? eight at the moment. So yep. in New South Wales, Manly, and Crow's Nest. We yep. have three in Victoria, two in Melbourne, in Hawthorne and South Melbourne, yep. and one in regional Ballarat, one in Adelaide in Colonel Light Gardens, mm-hmm. two in Tasmania, Hobart and Launceston. Uh, so that's the eight we have at the moment. There are 150 in the United States. Wow. And there are in 12 other countries. So Iceland, Denmark, Norway, Greece, UK, uh, Mexico, Portugal, Greece, Iceland, wow. quite quite spread out, uh, yeah. but we're we're growing rapidly, and there's probably another two or three countries in the next twelve months, and we plan uh, we have it in plan at the moment, uh, several more in in Australia. Um, we're talking to some people in New Zealand at the moment, but hopefully, yeah, <laughs> hopefully that that will happen. Um, it's certainly it's certainly something that. You know, I'm very passionate about, and it's it's a, it is not just bones, muscles, and balance. It's also a number of uh, rejuvenative technologies. So, in our centres, we have uh, red light. Oh, I love red light. I have a red light clinic. Yep. <laughs> we have um, hydro massage therapy, which is wow. a, an incredible bed that you lie on with a rubber membrane, and hot water jets go up and down your body. So, it's a in ten oh. minutes, uh, you get a equivalent to a to a one hour massage we have pulsed electromagnetic field mats also on my radar what do you think about that i'm 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 investigating that at the moment for my clinic and for me um yeah very good very good good. yeah Uh, cellular cellular energy uh anti-inflammatory um certainly for longevity it's something that that uh Earthing is is a is a critical component yep. to cellular health. Something that we we don't do anymore. We walk around in rubber soled shoes and carpets mm. and artificial floors. We never get out and earth. And so, if you're a you're a, a Mesner fan from the, the late 1800s, uh, early 1900s, then earthing is a critical component of of cellular Big health. Fan. Yeah, I, I uh, agree. we also have uh, Normatec compression boots. And, oh, and that's yeah, about yeah, yeah. lymph and lymph and blood flow. Yeah, I've got I've got some of those, and, mm. and and these are these are all fabulous longevity. And you know, you're talking my language here. This is, so this, this is, is biohacking. You know, biohacking yeah. 101. So we talk about <laughs> lymph and blood flow, cellular energy, earthing, uh, meditation. Something that we don't do enough of. Yeah. Uh, women that come into our centre don't get my time. They don't they don't get a period in a day where they don't have to be somewhere or something for someone else so to be able to come into our center and to relax for 10 minutes and just purely meditate and concentrate on nothing but themselves is a rarity we're we're always under bad stress today so there's always switched on We're, we're under stressful conditions that cause massive inflammation i call it yep and if you can go somewhere where you can relax meditate calm down all of the feel-good hormones we chase you with our four big machines i call them our four big dinosaurs where we put people into a flight or fight response mode and then they escape from those four dinosaurs so they come out their feel-good hormones are racing their balance is improved they're connecting at a cellular level 
with muscles, tendons, ligaments, their balance proprioception at a level that they've never expected or <clears throat> experienced before. Wow. It's the it's the lift the boat, the car off the baby moment. And they do this every week. And, and those feel-good movements every week just load upon each other. So we get people cancelling hair appointments and cancelling other appointments, but they don't cancel their osteostrong appointment. They come every week. Uh, it's something quite unusual in the health and wellness business. Typically, only about 25% of people that join gyms use them regularly. Yeah. We get 100% attendance at our osteostrong clinics. Wow. So they're, they're something that in what we do that triggers at a hormonal level the feel-good moment and people walk out, their foot off the ground, they don't quite understand why they feel so good. Um, when you come to an osteostrong centre, you don't get sweaty, you come in the clothes that you're dressed in, you don't have to put on sports equipment and we we deal with people from the youngest is probably 15, the oldest is 95, provided you're not under um, intense pain, provided you don't have muscular dystrophy or unmedicated hypertension or an active hernia, they're the, the contraindications to our, 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 our science. And most people that walk in walk out feeling better than when they walked in. The, the component of joint, uh, joint and back pain, which is a side effect of osteostrong, it's not something that we, we advertise or talk about apart from in shows like this. Um, typically, when you have a joint that's in pain and you move it, you cause more pain. Uh, but there was a study that showed, um, it was by Benjamin and Ralphs in, in uh, 2009, and it showed that when you compress a joint and relax it, mm -hmm. you're pump synovial fluid out of tendons and ligaments into the joint. Makes sense. You, you get hyaluronic acid and synovial fluid blood plasma into that joint. And as you relax the joint, those fluids with metabolic wastes get absorbed back into the tendons and ligaments. So over a period of time, you're, you're getting this injection of fluid into the joint every week. Wow. And you get a slight lubrication. You also get blood flow, so tendons, muscles, ligaments around the joint capsule get stronger. Um, you feel less pain, so you start to be able to move a little bit better. The more you move, the more you can move until the point where you get that joint um, mobile again. So we get usually within five to ten weeks, people report significant reduction in joint and back pain. And this would be so good for people who, before you go to surgery, you know, like Bef you know, before you take the drastic step, yeah, I broke my back when I was 21 and I had um, two discs that were completely, you know, buggered. And now I've got four discs that are completely buggered, but I have absolutely no pain because of what you've just said. I mean, I don't have osteostrong around the corner, but I do a lot of loading and, and, and a lot of heavy uh, lifting and I keep my core really strong and I have an anti-inflammatory diet and I put in supplements like hyaluronic acid and glucosamine and all of those sorts of things and other things. And I don't have any pain anymore, despite the fact that those, you know, discs are not in good shape, they're bone on bone. But I used to have hellish pain and I used to have like, you know, 10 seizures a day where I'd be like this on the floor, you know. Um, and I never thought that I would ever get to a pain-free state, but I am. I'm completely pain-free. And I, and I, I didn't have that, like when I was a 12-year-old, because I was a gymnast as a kid. So I had pain from the age of at least 12 years old onwards. And now at 55, I don't have any pain. And I haven't had an operation. And they said, like, you need to fuse all of the, the discs in your back. And thank God I didn't. Um, and, and instead, I went the route of trying to work it out myself, you know, and, and it took many years and lots of, you know, playing around and tweaking and doing but um it's, a, it's an anecdote it's an anecdote it's an end of one but it, it it I know that that joints can be extremely painful when there's actually you also get a lot of people who have a lot of back pain and actually it's a gut problem you know um they've got SIBO or they've got a problem in the gut going on and that's pulling and causing the the pain so looking at the whole anti-inflammatory lifestyle uh, diet, you know, and exercise and supplements and all of that is also an important point. So I just wanted to, yeah, reinforce what you said, you know, like I do a lot of um, yoga and, you know, things like 
um, headstands and stuff like that, which put a heck of a load on your uh, your neck, right? But actually, my neck's gotten better by doing just that, you know, because I am putting load. And it's a bit like, you know, compression when you do, you know, you 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 use a flossing band around a muscle, work that joint out, and then let it go. And you let all of the, the blood flow back in and push all of that stuff back out of there, you know, all the bad stuff that's there and bring bring the new stuff in, so to speak. Um, you know, all of these little tips and tricks that you can add to your regime to sort of get you where you need to where, where you need to be rather than just going. Oh, I've got a really bad back, therefore I'll go and get a back surgery, you know, um, because I've got you're, a... You're 100% correct. And and people use the genetic example all the time, you know, it's my genetics. Um, we know today that, you know, 85% of our metabolic health is due to lifestyle and nutrition. Mm-hmm. We know that, that only 15% is actually genetic. The balance is epigenetics. Mm-hmm. And epigenetics can be can be altered we have to take responsibility for our own health. We know that uh, for older people, you know, buying a mattress to put at the bottom of the cliff is not the answer. Uh, <laughs> you know, people people spend 85% of their lifetime health budget in the last two or three years of their life, clinging to the hope that, that when they fall off the cliff, they'll land on that mattress. And, you know, the reality is that most people miss the mattress. <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's a horrible, so it's a horrible analogy, but you know, people people don't accept responsibility for their health as they age, and yep. we know that uh, by the time we get to age fifty or sixty, half of us have three or more comorbidities to do with diabetes or one of the other metabolic yep. conditions, and mm-hmm. so that's that's the other component of osteostrong that I haven't mentioned. Uh, we did a pilot study uh, back in 2015 where we took uh, pre-diabetic people, we put them through the program, and we found that there was a 0.6% reduction in blood glucose as a result of the program, which wow. doesn't sound like much, but the best medication for diabetes type 2 is metformin, mm. and that gets a 0.3% reduction. Mm. So if you if you multi-stack the environmental lifestyle aspects, which is nutrition, exercise, uh, metformin, and osteostrong together, you can get a significant reduction in blood glucose. And we've we've had members report that they've been able to reverse or eliminate their diabetes type two, which mm-hmm. is, as I've said before, a, a, a lifestyle modifiable factor, and Absolutely. it can be cured. Yep, I've had so many people that have, you know, worked with diabetics, type 2 diabetics, um, who we've, you know, reversed, you know, if the people were willing to do the hard yards, you yes. know, the diet, the change in the lifestyle, the exercise, getting there, and it takes time. But, but some of these people have been diabetics for 20 years, but yeah. no one's ever explained to them the the mechanism of what's actually happening, and they don't even understand the basics, you know, like um, – I'm eating a healthy diet. I have fruit salad for lunch, you know, right. uh, banana with an orange and a kiwi fruit and an apple and a pear. That's healthy, isn't it? Well, mm. no, not not for a type two diabetic who's not doing much. It isn't. No. Um, and, and look, we don't we don't give you know we're not there giving advice as an osteo strong business. That's not it. You know, we're not diagnosing no. medical conditions. What what we do know though is that if you follow our program and you come for a set period of time, the sort of examples that our members give, you know, I had a lady come in and I, I try and talk to the members when I'm in the centres and she said, oh, I haven't really noticed the difference. And her husband said, well, except you don't take Panadol anymore. And she said, what, what do you mean? He said, well, you've had chronic back and joint pain. You take eight to 10 Panadol a day. Um, oh. you, you haven't been taking them since Easter. And this was about September. And she said, oh, yeah, you're probably right. And he said, well, not, not just right, but the, the effect of those tablets, if you take two or three tablets, different tablets, you you double and triple your fall risk because they all affect your balance and they, wow. they affect your proprioception. So mm. older people that take that have multiple comorbidities, that take multiple blood pressure, diabetes, um, pain-killing tablets, they increase their fall and fracture risk significantly. Is that right? That's news mm. to me. I didn't realise that. That would well, mm. it makes sense because mm. they're going to affect how you, you know, 
how onto it you are. Neurologically, they all have an effect on your brain um, wow. in some way, way, shape, or form. So we get we had a, we had some old ladies that I interviewed, and and one of them said she got her dignity back, and I I, I actually teared up when she told me this story. She said, "I've been married for eighty years." Um, she was she was a really old lady. She was in Sweden, and uh, she um, I think she'd forgotten how long she'd been married, or or maybe she didn't <laughs> like the husband. And she said, "When I get off the toilet, I can't stand up anymore. So he has to pull me off the toilet, and my pants are down. So I, you know, he's never seen me naked, and so I have no dignity." Mm. And I, I said, "So what's changed?" And she says, "She said, well, within three months of doing osteostrong, I had enough leg strength to be able to stand up again oh, from a sitting beautiful. position." Isn't that beautiful? And so she was able to stand up, pull her pants up. She got her dignity back. Um, we had a we had a 93 year old at our Hawthorne Centre. The first time she came in, she was brought by her daughter on a walking frame. Within 12 months, she went from a walking frame to a walking stick. And then I remember the day she came in, waving her walking stick. Um, so she she no longer needed a walking aid. She still carried the walking aid as a balance security blanket uh, but she didn't yeah. need it for everyday life um, we had a lady who said she got her independence back she was able to open a jar of pickles that she hadn't been able she had grip strength again uh, she was able to use her wrists um, she used to go down the hallway and ask the old man to open the pickles she said I still go down the hallway because I like him uh, but I open my own pickles now so <laughs> we get we get some amazing stories from quite old people in their 80s and 90s that have been able to reverse their natural loss of muscle balance and strength and they're now now able to live a better life. A little bit more independent. Just interrupting the show to let you know about my longevity and anti-aging supplement range. I'd love you to go and check it out. Go to my website, lisatarmity.com and hit the shop button and you'll see a curated range of supplements, the latest in anti-aging, longevity, health optimization, performance optimization. I've gone out into the world, interviewed the most amazing doctors and scientists, as you'll know if you follow the show, and gone and got some of the best products that are out there. Stuff that I give to my family, that's what's in my range. So go and check it out at lisatarmity.com. As someone who's been dealing with a mum who's, you know, for eight years, um, you know, caring for mum and rehabilitating her and taking her from a wheelchair for two you know, she was in a wheelchair predominantly for two years. She had, it took us a year to get her out where she could take a first couple of steps in, in a parallel bars. And, and then, and she was bent over like a, an L, you know, like a, like, like, like this. Um, and then to rebuild her so that she's got really good posture now and and get her walking and get her back into the gym and once we got into the gym to rebuild her strength and you know it's an ongoing process because she's since had a brain cancer and um about two dozen concussions from falls and <laughs> and uh gi bleeds and god knows what but she's still able to get around the house take herself to the toilet, go and have a shower by herself, you know, and um, go for little walks by herself. And that's someone who's been been through the absolute ringer. And during that period, I've seen her go right down to not being able to sit on her own, like just flopping over, even sitting to, you know, mm. doing all of these things. And, and, and I've written a book about it called Relentless, uh, which was just the first part of her journey. I haven't done one on the second, third part of her journey. So we're we're mm. always in the middle of the next one. I've got to write a couple more books on her. But um, the to see someone go from from there to there uh, through consistent training, and you know, like people were were often saying to me and criticizing me, and I hear it all the time. You're such a nasty daughter you're so you're, you're so mean to your mum why do you make her get up why don't you help her up out of the chair why you know people see me out and about with her and I don't help her up very often you know sometimes I have to give her a bit of a nudge at the end or whatever but I try to make her brain engage with her muscles so that she can learn that process if I do that for her all the time uh she's not going to learn it you know, and I and I need to her to maintain, and she deconditions really quickly. We just had a mm. bout in hospital last week with um, GI bleeding, and of course she was stuck, unable to get up because she'd bleed to death. Um, 
so we deconditioned. Now we're on the comeback trail again, you know, and, and, and you decondition within 24 hours when mm. you're that old. You have to keep be religious. Like, I don't need to have a birthday off. I don't need to have Christmas off. No day where she's mm. not training. And if I don't, she's gone. And that's the, the that's one of the, the key components to osteostrong as well. So when we do the the, the strength training, the, the one and done exercise that we do is, is myofibril hypertrophy, not sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. So if you go to a gym and you do multiple reps of, of lower weights, you build up sarcoplasmic fluid in your, in your muscle, you do increase in strength. But then if you don't go to the gym for a day or a week, and as you get older, five minutes, um, that sarcoplasmic fluid and, and strength training effect rubs off very quickly. At, at an osteostrong center, we're exhausting muscle ATP in a 10, 20 second exercise maximum effort. Wow. And what happens is we don't get big and bulky like a gym, but we do increase the, the number of muscle myofibrils. So the density of the muscle fiber increases. And that is a long, long term result. So typically older people come to our centers, they take four weeks off or eight weeks off, they go on a holiday, they come back and they will sit on the machine and do a record. They'll do a personal best because they've wow. had a rest for several months. They don't, we, we don't waste, you know, once, you, once you've built a muscle fiber, it's there and it, it doesn't waste away. So people typically don't lose their strength if they don't come wow, for a, a holiday or period away from the gym. Yeah, because you but, do. But that's how the diabetes works too. So as you increase the number of muscle fibers, my fibrils, you increase the muscle's ability to process to blood glucose. glucose. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that makes a whole lot of sense. Well, wow, I didn't know that. So that's really good. So when you're doing that maximum full effort where you're doing the multiples of, of weight, then you actually do a different thing than when you're doing like free weight. Because you couldn't do this with free weights, you know, no. like you'd, you'd injure yourself. So that's why these specific machines are required mm -hmm. to and, and guidance is required yeah. to do they, it. They, they emulate high impact events in a single lift, uh, push lift. Um, and the four machines cover arms, legs, spine and core. Um, and the core is important because as we age, a lot of the red blood cell um, production is from our collarbones and from our ribs. Um, mm. uh, the, the, the bones are, are different. You know, we obviously have hard and soft bones and uh, trabecular and cortical bone and those bones have different functions but they also have uh, functions in blood health so it's very important that we have a healthy bone for good blood flow because that's where all our red uh, blood cells white blood cells platelets come from is this soft spongy bone uh, and it's Im important that if you maintain that health you also uh, have good good blood health because a lot of the a lot of the, the drugs like uh, bisphosphonate switch off the cell, which is uh, the osteoclast. Uh, now, the, the osteoclast-osteoblast ratio is important, but if we don't have the osteoclasts eating through the old bone, removing old brittle bone, we get an accumulation of, of hard brittle bone, mm -hmm. but we also don't get the micro blood vessels in the bone because uh, as these osteoclasts bore their way through, they, they create these... Uh, micro blood vessels, which is important. So if you, you talk to a doctor or, a, or even a butcher, if they scrape new bone, the bone bleeds. Um, mm -hmm. And that's blood coming out of the bone. That's how one, one of the main sources of, of, of blood. Um, if you switch off with a bisphosphonate, the drug that uh, stops you from eating old bone, this accumulation mm. of old brittle bone, not only do we start to see a small number of spontaneous dual femur fractures, we also see um, necrosis of the jaw. Some of these drugs are quite nasty, mm. but it's important that people obviously see a doctor, talk to a doctor. You know, there's a combination of strategies for bone density. Um, there's a number of studies that are being done on osteostrong at the moment, one in Greece, uh, it's been completed by one of the leading endocrinologists in, in Greece, uh, found that uh, the preliminary report was presented to Endo23 in America this year, and it showed that uh, osteostrong had a significant effect on bone density and that it works synergistically with bone drugs. 
So wow. that's, there may be advantage to, in, in some cases to doing both drugs for certainly people with extremely low bone density. Um, but if you want the natural approach, OsteoStrong, you know, we're leading a revolution in natural bone health. There, it, is, it, it isn't a drug um, intervention. Um, we know that all of these drugs are hormonally driven. Uh, as you said before, there's no such thing as a, a minimal hormone uh, impact when you, you take them. There, there's, a, there's a price to pay or a ferryman. Uh, the side effects can be quite significant. For OsteoStrong, there are side effects to OsteoStrong. You get stronger muscles and, and better balance. Yeah, and they're, sounds good. They're, they're pluses, not minuses. Yeah, no, this has been absolutely fantastic, Perry. I really enjoyed this session. I, I um, can you tell me where where can people uh, reach out to you? Or, you know, or your website, or or where can people connect with you? Obviously, those places. Uh, maybe you can get me a list so that I can put it in the show notes um, with the links to sure. the ones in Australia. And if there's anyone in New Zealand listening to this who thinks hey, this might be a good thing to get into, um, um, please, you know, this that be fabulous um reach out to to perry um and you know let's let's uh get this further around the world so that more people have access to it mm. um you know where can they connect with you um so osteostrong.com.au easy uh, if they if they log on there there's if, if people are interested in our locations uh worldwide it's osteostrong.me Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see the science, the studies that are there. There's, we're doing a big study at the moment with Monash Health here in Melbourne. Um, it's a it's a pilot study, but it's looking looking at uh, postmenopause women. We'll have that completed hopefully by early next year. Um, it's it's one of three big studies. There's a, a big blinded study being done in Sweden at the moment. They'll complete that in the next few months. The Greece study obviously is one that's um, very important, but there's been half a dozen studies prior to that looking at, at osteoporosis and diabetes and the safety and efficacy of OsteoStrong for people. We've, we've got something like 35,000 people going through the process at the moment. We've got over 6 million recorded sessions. Um, mm. You know, Obviously, I, I, the, OsteoStrong is an exercise program their risks come with exercise, any exercise program. Um, I can't say that it's 100% safe, but no exercise is. Mm. Obviously, we take enormous uh, care with our people. There is a risk associated, but that risk, if you look at a gym, you know, people hurt themselves, one in two, three hundred people hurt themselves in a gym every day. We've had uh, more than 30, 30, 40,000 recorded sessions in Australia with with no recorded injuries. Um, People... Obviously, we'll have little muscle pulls and muscle soreness from any daily activity. That's not unusual, but that's very different to um, an injury. Mm. That's that's usually something that's, that just happens because they're deconditioned, they're very old, um, they've pushed a bit hard today, and you know nothing more than an ice pack is is necessary in those situations. Um, we we don't uh, we don't have a, a very um, Sorry, we do have a very safe risk assessment in our yeah. process. And, you know, life's got risk in it. If you go around trying to avoid all of them, you're going to end up with the most risk, i.e. sitting on the couch and doing nothing, and then you're not That's... going to get healthy for sure. Yeah. Uh, Perry, you've been wonderful today. Thank you so much for getting up so early and, and being a part of the show. I really appreciate you. Um, absolutely fabulous, great information, and really, really thank you for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you, Lisa. Lovely talking. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends. Head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatamati.com.